Heidi Ho, welcome to the Healthcare Marketing Underground podcast for the week of June 26, 2013. This is episode 262, and this is Chris Boyer, SVP of Digital at Revive Health. And today I am joined with uh, Adam Meyer, also of Revive Health, Dana Weymouth, Revive Health, and Jackie Olson. Also at Revive Health. <laughs> Jackie! Back. I'm back, and just as an FYI, it is 2015, not 2013. Oh, did I say 2013? <laughs> You're like, wow. Two years behind. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, I have a bad sense of fashion, but come on. Jeez. <laughs> where did I get 2013 from? I don't know. You know, know. I'll excuse it. I find myself putting 2016 on things sometimes. I don't know where that comes from. Hmm. Well, it's al- almost been at that long since you've been on the podcast, Jackie, it feels right? that long, yeah. <laughs> now, when was the last time you were here? Ah, uh, February. I think the last time we I attended a podcast was maybe maybe even January. January of this year. Wow. Yes, wow. Like still in the old office, though. too? No. We're here? I think, no, no. I don't know. Must have been the old office still at that point, right? Weird. I haven't done any with this setup. And definitely not with Chris Boyer in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've done some before in the past. Oh, well, yeah. But it's too bad that your inaugural show back that Chris isn't here, that Chris Bevelo isn't here. Oh, I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> well, I always Just don't kidding, like Chris. being, you know, I'm, I, I always fancy myself a better sidekick than I am a, a lead of a, of a podcast. At least the last time I heard it. You know, he, he, Chris even told me the last podcast that where I hosted alone. Yeah. He didn't even have it. He didn't even listen to it, so he couldn't. He oh. couldn't bring himself. He to just listen couldn't to do it. it. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. So he just missed that slam I gave him, anyways, because he, he won't be listening. He probably won't stuff. listen to this one, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> we can exactly. talk about it freely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome back, Jackie. Thank you. It's I mean, you went out. And you you actually started a family. I did. Wow. It was yeah. Well, added to it. It's kind of a big deal. I suppose you officially start like a re, uh, an official family when you're married, right? Two people. Two people is in a family. Yeah. So, yeah. but you so you're family. growing the dogs. family. Some yep, dogs. Now I got a baby. And now you have a baby. Little girl. And what's next? A um, white picket fence. A white picket fence. So that would just be painting the current one we have. I should and back then, up too. That was in, that was not even politically correct for me to say that was it. That what you need was be, it? That you need to be married to start a family. I think you're just you're, you're a couple. Yeah. Two people together in love. Right. Regardless of marriage, regardless of, you know, all that typical politically correct crap is, yeah, you can be a family without being I married. I think you've isolated about half of our I audience. I think I'm sure people stopped listening. They just I'm tuned so out. We just lost 50%. <laughs> we just saw the numbers drop right off the board there. Way to go, Adam. <laughs> well, now with that note of clarification, I think we're good, though. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, well, Jackie, welcome back. Show. Thank you. We we always look forward. Uh, we always like your voice. We always like your participation and your insight. So, well, thank you. So we're going to ask you to take the lead of this pot. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll just continue to be the voice of reason. How does that sound? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's always helpful. That's always helpful. But we got a, we got a lot of great topics today. You know, today actually is um, you know June 25th, which is actually we just got some news about. Some stuff that happened in the Supreme Court mm-hmm. of the United States uh, that they ruled in favor of the Obama administration and Obamacare. Big surprise. Once again, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Obamacare. So um, that was this kind of breaking news here. This is really focusing on the, the, per, the, the ability to permit tax subsidy payments right. for enrollees on a federal run health insurance Without plan. that, my understanding is it would basically pull the rug out from underneath the... The, the right. effort itself. Right, exactly. Um, and this was brought up by King versus Burrell. I think it came from Texas, right? Wasn't that where this case originated from? 
So, so here we go. So, any any uh, up you know up to date real time thoughts analysis? I haven't really. I haven't read much. I haven't read much about it yet. I mean, the news just kind of came through mm-hmm. this morning. I believe, or at least that's mm-hmm. when I saw it. Whether it happened this morning or last night, but um, I haven't had enough time to parse it to really to process mm-hmm. it and, and and have some thoughts. But you know, it seems you know. I, I have a, it would be a bad thing I think if if you know the rug was pulled out from that um, plan now I think whether you're for it or against it you know it needs some time to it needs some time mm-hmm. to see how it, how it plays out whether how, how well it works um, you know I'm sure some people will be in the camp that it doesn't work no matter what it happens right. with it but right. you know it needs to give it give it time and this is going to help it you know have mm-hmm. time to mature and, and see where it goes so mm-hmm. it's good yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's been in place now for a while, and mm-hmm. and you know um, they've retooled entire exchanges, health state exchanges. I think that really, um, you know, that at, at this time, if they came through and they they ruled against it, it would cause a lot of disruption. It would be very, very you know challenging for us as an industry mm-hmm. to kind of respond to that. Um, you know, uh, not surprisingly, the. The justices in favor. Um, it kind of fell along very similar lines to before uh, Justice Roberts, uh, Justices Kennedy, Ginsburg, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan. They all uh, came in favor of keeping those subsidies in place. So you know, um, we're seeing kind of a consistency. Um, and you know, I it's I think that many people are surprised that Roberts is actually siding on this side. Um, you know, on this side of the argument because uh, you know because of his background. But it seems like. Uh, that's the way they're they're going. So, Dana. Yeah. Well, I think um, what stood out to me again is that in this day and age, it feels like we're so quick to basically chalk stuff up to failure and move to something um, else. And it, and you know, you see it in everything. Of course, I'm a kind of a sports geek, so mm-hmm. you see it with coaching. Right. As soon as the team starts off on a losing streak or you know baseball they're they're under 500 all of a sudden you know let's yank them let's get this um a new guy in and let's try something else and i i'm actually really thankful that they're at least trying to stick with something and um the the key word there is be consistent now I think we all understand it's not perfect. Um, right. I think we can all agree it's not a solution that you know, every person is happy with, but I think it's a start. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to see that, um, the, the government kind of backing, um, people that are making decisions, um, and at least let it play out a little bit. And hopefully that will give us confidence, you know, down the road that, um, once we see some actual data and statistics rather than feelings you know a lot of times i think we operate off of how it feels right off the bat but um i was reading another article saying that you know it's accomplished a decent amount of his objectives and what was one of the main ones was well let's get people insured right now they have to fix and and work through it but i i I was happy to see that they just didn't you know like you said we're we're all so quick to divorce we're all so quick to to walk away so Mm -hmm. um all that kind of stuff so i thought that was that was a good sign Mm -hmm. yeah the phone just i had i had a thought but now our our, our office phone is ringing over here quite loudly um and i lost my train of thought that's because we work but we don't pick up the phones here apparently (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, that might be Big Brother, actually. Exactly. <laughs> I think someone's calling for you, Dana, and they don't like oh, your opinion. Gosh. Maybe Bill O'Reilly. We'll do it live. <laughs> One thing, I, I follow a, a, a really good Twitter account. It's kind of funny, and they do insightful comments on it. But uh, it's called Pour Me Coffee. I'm not sure if you, you guys are familiar with it. No. But they do pretty insightful statements about this. Uh, they They tweeted out today after the ruling came through. It said, appealing Obamacare to SCOTUS at this time... It's like leaving the cabin alone in a Halloween movie. Come on! <laughs> I like some of the follow-up tweets to that too. Like yeah. the, the one, let's 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 hide over here behind the chainsaws. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think it kind of speaks to it right there. You know, it's like this is at this point in time, uh, appealing is not really the right approach. It's I think we need to work on revising, fixing the the the, the laws, improving them. That's exactly. really the direction um, we have to move forward. That reminds me of what I was going to say. You know, Dana, yeah. you, Dana, you had commented that um, you know. This, this isn't a plan that everyone's happy with. And I think that when it comes to making a plan in this area, it is, there's, there's no way to make a plan that everyone's happy with, right? Somebody right. is, no matter what the plan is, one of the sides is going to not be happy with it, um, or, or at least aspects of it. And it's just one of those areas that you know, we seem to be increasingly unwilling to, uh, not, even, not necessarily, I this is one of those areas where I don't necessarily think you should you know, compromise. It's, it's, I think one side should give. And be like, all right, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's see how it works. Let's put let's put everything behind it. Mm-hmm. Let's all get on board and see how it works. If it's a failure at a certain point in time, whatever that we agree to as you know, two sides hopefully working together, then let's assess it at that point and um, try maybe adjusting it or doing something different. But let's just get behind something and try it because that's the only way we're going to move anything forward these right. days, right? Right. So. Well, and that kind of speaks to the American way, right? I mean, that's why we have the system that we do where we can – we pass laws and then we pass amendments to laws and, you know. Though our so. – yes. Though our founding yeah. fathers advised against where we're at now. Well, yes. <laughs> that is true. That is a the good two-party point, system. Adam. Duly noted. But, you know, they also had slaves. So. Oh, they had. did. <laughs> yes. And they had, like nice. – Oh, sorry. Their own, and, you know, their own I, versions of the Bible we, and things like that. We certainly don't want to bring up any kind of racial no. – And I will, be the last, I will be the last one to, 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 to say that uh, we need to abo- abide by our founding fathers because right. when, like, when I get into it with my dad over political issues and every time he goes back to, oh, Thomas Jefferson, it's like, shut up. You know, I don't, I don't care what yeah. Thomas Jefferson said at this point. The past is the past, and let's look to the future. Let's learn from the past. Let's keep the past in check and remember it and pull lessons from it, but let's look forward. And now so. you've isolated us from the Tea Party. The, our, our numbers are going down, Adam. <laughs> well, well, as I say, we could jump right into the whole Confederate flag thing now, but that's not healthcare. Uh, so let's yeah, jump, not let's, related, let's jump I, past that. Yes, happen. yes right. exactly. So, but the Joe Public Retreat is but on. The Joe also Public in September. For sure. Okay, well, that, and that is on September 9th to the 11th. And we talked about it a little bit on the last episode in terms of where it's at, Half Moon Bay, uh, which is in California. And if you go to the website, JoePublicRetreat.com, it is an absolutely gorgeous it is. scene for the, the location. Yeah. Half I mean, it Moon looks Bay. like something out of a out of a fairy tale. Half Moon book. Bay, mm-hmm. Half Moon Bay. Like I have never been. Like kind of like Jackie's. Kind of overlooks yeah. the Pacific Jack Ocean <laughs> here in Minnesota. It's got a straw straw roof, outdoor plumbing. Um, no, but it looks gorgeous. So, for more information on that, make sure to check out uh, JoePublicRetreat.com. Um, you know, we've talked about that retreat in the past. This is just this is the third one, I believe, right? Third annual retreat or fourth? Third. 
Third. That's a good question. I think it's the third. I think it's the third. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we've done it a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, in October, Chris, you're at the Senior Marketing Care Sales Summit in Chicago. Is that, that is still correct. happening? That is happening. <laughs> all there, of these, okay. all of the rest are on board. And yeah, yeah. I think that as far yes, as people on the show. Yes, and in fact, there's it. another one that just got confirmed in October in Park City, okay. Utah, that I'll be speaking at um, the Utah Hospital Association okay. uh, Leadership cool. Conference. And that one's not up on the site yet. That, so, no, so. that we're that's official that's just been confirmed. Right yesterday so cool. yeah real breaking news as we All go right. so yes um yeah so things are going on and off um yeah but yeah keep it keep an eye out for the website for the most recent updates <laughs> as to where we're gonna be <laughs> well, and listen to the show because we always Trust let you know what's coming we up always right let here. you know first breaking news here first except for chris when he's freaking out about whether or not one of them is gonna happen <laughs> i wish we had that i wish i wish this wasn't just an audio show because that would have been everyone would have been that would have been good like, to see. cut it zip it <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so what else is that? It for announcements, pretty much, probably. Huh? That is for an, that is okay. it for announcements for now. But there's more to come. There's more things in the yes. works. So, mm-hmm. so there might be another Joe Public Retreat coming up in in 2016 because yeah, right. we are already 75 percent booked for. Wow, that. Yeah. we just announced. So that's something to yeah. note. Is that it fills yeah. up fast? It fills up exactly. fast. If you've, if you've read the books, if you're familiar with it, if you've you know, if you've been to it before, we get a lot of people coming back to it over and over. So. Um. Yeah, get it on your radar and get it in your budget. Exactly, because you it's uh, it's it's really cool. It's, it's going to definitely be worth it, though. Like really hands-on, in-depth experience. So yeah, really looking forward to. It. I'm happy to be part of it this year with with Chris Bevelo. So, mm-hmm. well, on. what's on the agenda for today? Then? Okay, so today we got a couple of questions. We got a couple of uh, stories that we're going to be talking about. Um, the first one is actually kind of an interesting one because it's about a topic that is near and dear to this podcast's heart, which is branding. I know that Chris is probably rolling in his grave. Well, he won't even hear this, so yeah, he won't even know. <laughs> but uh, he's probably uh, really uh, upset that we're going to be talking about this. But this is an article. Who, who surfaced this? Was this Dana that you found this? Mm-hmm. I actually did. So, But I uh, used the special guest that we had on last week for a little bit of feedback. And so Jessica Blackburn uh, uh-huh. kind of pointed me to some good sites to check out. So Okay, great. Shout and out to her. So let's let's talk about this uh, the story that you found, Dana. Which one? The, the great brands, great brands. like shortcuts? Sure. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, we'll obviously post it for, for folks listening in. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll let you guys, uh, the experts, um, take most of it. But what stood out to me, um, of course, was actually the visual picture of the Old Spice, right? That I mean, how lazy am I? But that's what made me think, oh, this is going to be good if it's on brand. Because I thought they did a brilliant job of making Old Spice relevant to kind of my group of guys again because you know we're like oh do you see that really weird wacky a little uncomfortable old spice commercial (laughs) and what deodorant do you happen to use oh yeah we all use old spice but you know we more talk about um what they've been doing super simple um you know really easy to identify um i think the key word that even on the podcast last week was making things easy Right, not necessarily complex. I think you were talking about it a little different um, in finding things, but still in the sense of just being able to um, describe um, or think right off the top of your head. What do you think about when you want good technology? Like what what pops into your head right away? Well, it's right. you know Apple products, right? Stuff like that. Or mm-hmm. when you have all these choices at um, CVS, what can pop into your head? Oh, a little jingle and a. a 
you know, a funny commercial be like, oh, yeah, Old Spice is what I use. You know, just that kind of stuff I thought was really interesting. What I would love to hear from you guys is kind of like, can that translate to how healthcare folks can think about it? Totally, totally. So the gist of the article, um, backing it up, too, is what Dana is talking about, is it's really... You know, it's so the what's the title of it here? So great brands are like shortcuts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the article is really kind of the stage is set when they talk about you know our, that we're, our brains are lazy, mm-hmm. right? We like to be able to make quick connections, make quick associations. You see something yeah. and you immediately have a, a, a perception of what right. it is or an understanding of what it is. I mean, you could back that up out of brands and just talk you know, like like a you see you see a tree growing somewhere it's like you 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 see it you immediately know what it is you immediately put into it into a category of things you Mm -hmm. can see that it has leaves rather than needles so you can make some assumptions about it you know based off of that Mm -hmm. but that's just how the human brain works right we Mm -hmm. see something we want to make sense of it immediately um you know if we have some level of understanding about it already we apply that immediately Mm -hmm. we don't like to have to sit and think about things we don't like it when there's conflict in our brain like when there's one idea competing with another you want to make sense of things quickly and this article is all about brands um, and kind of leveraging the laziness of our brains to have help people um, you know when we're trying to put our brand out there have it stand for something be understood for something um, you know try to simplify that I guess so to make sure that you're you you know you're you're brand proposition or whatever um, which is you know again I want to back up on that actually I think the way you put your brand out is, is one thing right the way your brand is perceived is another thing because you can put yourself out there how you want to, but how somebody else perceives it is your true brand to that person. That right. is correct. I mean, I, the whole I, the point of this is is that branding is a is a a good brand is it, it's it it, it it's it allows us to be a little bit lazy about right. how we perceive things mm-hmm. when we talk about words like apple or or. Um, Old Spice. I mean, in our minds, we already kind of make a, a, a concept of, of what that is. We have that experience and for healthcare, like Mayo Clinic. I mean, just saying that evokes sort of a branding right. promise, right? Of what we what we as consumers have made for all of these, right. for all of these which brands. is unique. I mean, that is unique. It, it's because it's very. Even though you know Mayo is kind of certainly propped up as kind of like the probably the pinnacle, mm-hmm. a pinnacle brand in healthcare, right? Um, you know, there's. Pro- I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who have actually had a bad experience there, and when they, you know, when they see that that mm-hmm. that that identity somewhere, you know, right. their feeling isn't necessarily going to be, oh, it's the pinnacle brand, or it might be, yeah, the, the quote unquote mm-hmm. pinnacle brand. But I had, you know, a horrible experience when I was there. So right. I mean, again, it comes down to you know, individual perceptions are really what your brand is to exactly. You know, and a lot of people mistake when they talk about branding or rebranding, which happens a lot in healthcare right now. A lot of companies are rebranding because right. of changes. They think, well, what it is, it's like your logo or your byline or your name or whatever. That's your but identity. it really isn't. It's right. all of those other brand attributes that, that you associate and recognize with it. And, you know, this article goes on to state that, that human brains are, are, are lazy, which mm-hmm. I kind of agree with. Yeah. Um, and that we make these shortcuts when we come to brands. And that, that makes it so much easier for us to interpret the world. You know, as I'm walking through the through the grocery store, like you mentioned, Dana, or through CVS or whatever, you know, when you see brands on the, on the shelves, it's you're already you're making it's not even you're consciously making these 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 it connections it just happens it just happens you're like oh yeah i want to pick up the coke zero or whatever it is you know whatever mm-hmm. that brand is because you already have a feeling associated with that and it's happened and it happens in many different instances you know if you're if you're 
you know, driving in a car and you see someone else with another car that you're like, oh, that's a good brand, you know, and you already make that association of where they're at. Right. Um, you know, I, I think it's actually, and this is almost taking a little bit off topic, but since kind of throwing out other examples, I think that this is, you know, it's one of the reasons that I think even as, as the human race is never going to get away from things fully like, um, that are related to like sexism and, and, uh, you know, racism or prejudices because it's just the way the human brain Mm-hmm. works on a fundamental level you see something you see a person that's a woman that's a man you know you've, you've you put them into into camps mm-hmm. you know you make assumptions right away because right. that's what your brain does that person is black that person's white that person's asian mm-hmm. suddenly there are just no matter what how much you want to not classify things you're going to um so it's right. it's it's you take that you know mm-hmm. that level of thinking and apply it to to brands here i mean it's just that's how that's how our brains work that's how they're always going to work now mm-hmm. you know to the extent we want to be lazy with things and, 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 you know, deal with that, that conflict that the article also talks about that conflict of brands trying to reinvent themselves. Mm -hmm. How do you, Mm -hmm. how do you take perceptions? Like, I mean, we're struggling with that on a kind of a societal level now with the things in Charleston and, you know, we're talking about, you know, branding and talking about like racism here and stuff, you know, you've got all these preconceived notions of, of people and we're, and we're, and we're talking now about, you know, how do we fundamentally, change that right talking about things like taking down the confederate flag talking about things like gun control talking about things like you know how all these other factors that influence our perception of of race Mm -hmm. um are very similar to our you know um though certainly much deeper and much more profound um Mm -hmm. uh, but but very similar to the way our minds you know compete to change you know in this case when we're talking about changing perceptions around a brand do you want to do it or do you not want to do it how far do you want to get into that right right um because part of the article, too, is just talking about reinventing brands and how it can be mm-hmm. dangerous. Mm-hmm. I, I liked what they talked about. They, br- they brought up sports psychologies, mm-hmm. uh, sports psychology, where they say that they're looking at elite performance mindset, which is basically where in order to, to switch you know, your perception of things, you, it's, it's not countering negative thoughts with positive ones. It's really shifting more towards where it's like replacing it says here uh, they're now telling us that trying to counter negative thoughts by replacing them with positive ones actually causes the doubt in our brains to grow right right Mm -hmm. so if you like had a a bad PR crisis or you had some kind of bad thing that happened right is there such thing as a good PR crisis well there could be good PR (laughs) crises but yeah but but you're right okay good point I don't think (laughs) okay point taken there could be there could be one that's worse than another one so a bad one would be worse but the whole point about trying to trying to stuff the you know stuff the ballot with all this good stuff to try to make it to shift that perception can actually reinforce that negative feeling right and, you know, and says that it says it's better to simply think that negative thoughts are part of the process, right? Are going yeah. to be there. It's right. actually yeah. part of the evolution of a brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so perhaps, you know, we can, as we, as we kind of look at this and we, we talk about branding more often, many times that they, you know, I've talked to hospital systems across the country where they're saying, well, we've had this horrible brand in the community for 20 years. Well, right, you know, right. I mean, I'm not saying that that's your brand, but it kind of is. Mm-hmm. How do you evolve that brand then instead right, of just completely replacing it? it? Right. It's not like just switching your name. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and standing for something, you right. know, especially the more you boil it down, the simpler you get, you know, oftentimes the more potentially alienating you're going to be. You know, if we stand, we stand for, you know, being the most affordable, you know, our brand, we want our brand to be known as like the most affordable. Well, there are a lot of people who don't want the most affordable um, mm-hmm. because they've, you know, they either have a lot of money or they just want to spend a lot of money on this kind of thing. Right. So there, so your if your brand attribute or one of your brand attributes, the main thing you're putting out there is that we're the affordable place to go. You're going to alienate some people who don't think that's a good attribute. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's it's I don't, well, you could say it's a double edged sword to narrow it down. 
want to be known for something specific. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's kind of just the way it works. Mm -hmm. So Jackie, voice of reason? Because that's what you are? What are your thoughts? (laughs) No, I mean, no, I think you guys are making some good points. I was just going to say I really like how this article ends. Mm-hmm. It says the best brands have a clear sense of identity and they try yeah. not to muddy the waters, work with the brain's laziness, which I totally yep. agree with, mm-hmm. accept who your brand is and make the most of what you've already got. Yeah. Like to Chris's point, don't, you know, evolve and don't, you know, try to start from scratch. Yeah. Don't reinvent. Right. Yeah. I don't think reinvent the wheels. Yeah. 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 I think you will involve, involve, evolve. <laughs> um, and a good example <laughs> being, being evolve. like the crisis that you're never inevitably going to mm-hmm. go through at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's just a part of your evolution. And, right. You know, more people might, as a result of that, people might think more of you depending on how you handle that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I just I, we were talking yesterday when we were on the camera. I ordered a, a desk recently, a standing desk. It's motorized. It goes up and down. Mm-hmm. First desktop I got was damaged. Um, which was a bummer. I couldn't put it together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I had not, but I'm not going to, I got in touch with customer support right away and they were, they like called me immediately and were like, you know, yeah, let's, you know, open up the box, see what the damage is really like. Cause I could see without even opening it that it was damaged. Um, and immediately like after the, after that call sent out a new one, like over and overnight, which is a huge, massive desktop over right. sending that thing out overnight is pretty right. expensive right. Right. but they, the other one back they had, had a prepaid label and the guy who d- delivered the new one picked up the other one and oh, nice. took it back okay. um but it was an awesome experience so rather than mm-hmm. me being you know tarnished by the fact that mm-hmm. a, a damaged desktop was delivered mm-hmm. they handled that you know very minor crisis in an awesome way that makes me think more of them right um uh, so that's just an example of you know you come out the other side of that being you know, right. with the, that reinforced the Geek Desk, which is the brand brand for me. <laughs> I would advocate for them now if anybody else is thinking about getting something like that. Wait, wait, you bought a these Geek guys. Desk? That's the brand. That's yeah, the yeah, brand you desk. bought. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's normal. Hashtag normal for Adam. Well, <laughs> research desk. standing desks, and you'll see that that's one of the better ones. Yeah, yeah. Get. Okay. So, well, that's cool though. I mean, I, I think you're right though. I mean, your whole point about the experience is contributes to the brand. We we've talked a lot about that on this podcast. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that con- that that contribute to that. But I, 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 Jackie, I like what you said. You know, we have to work with the brain's laziness. Whatever we can do to make yeah. those associations, mm-hmm. um, it, it makes it so much easier for you to to you know be there. And if your brain, the laziness of your brain says that you know that is, this is not good, mm-hmm. maybe you know maybe you work with that. You got to work that. Yeah, work being a bad brand. Yeah, work it, girl. <laughs> work it, girl. <laughs> or boy. <laughs> I think we found well, and to that time. to that note too, something that stood out to me, um, I really like that last um, kind of closing s- statement. Um, if you think about not mudding the waters, some successful you know burger chains. Mm-hmm. So Five Guys Burgers or mm-hmm. In and Out Burgers. You look at their menu. And they don't have some kind of like fish fillet or like, <laughs> you know, vegan. They're not. They're burgers. They're claiming right. what they're doing. And so, you know, and they, do it they well. then can accept if, hey, someone has a bad burger, they can evolve maybe and, you know, try to change that particular thing or, or, or customer service or, you know, fill in the blank. But you're not confused when you walk in the door, mm-hmm. you know, what you're getting. Yeah. And I think that that is really important. Yeah. Um, and likely you know, you're not to, even going to walk in that door unless you know you want a burger anyway. I mean, there's exactly right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's no such Keep thing as a bad five guys burger. I'm just no, saying. I've, right. never, I've never had a bad one. You've never had five guys? No. Oh, no, I've never had oh, no. out. <laughs> Do you like you like burgers? We had burgers at your place the other night. They were deli- those were delicious too. Those were probably better than those five are from guys, Whole Foods. They were good. 
they, they were, were good. I'm sure they're they were too healthy. Is yeah. Five Guys healthy burgers? Oh no! No 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 no! But no. so good. Like they're smash. like three thousand calories a pop. They're better than the Smash Burger. Okay. Yeah, no much good. better in my opinion. Anyway, Smash okay. Burger is okay, but Five Guys is really good. All right, I'll have to check one. I think then. Wendy's is better than Smash Burgers to be honest. Maybe. Huh. There's a number of them in the Twin Cities now. You can go. You could find one. Okay. I'm not sure where the closest one to St. Paul. There's one in Woodbury, which is the closest one for me. But I like my burgers. They are good. Your burgers the other night were delicious, Jackie. Oh, Those well, were thanks. Good. Whole <laughs> food. They probably, there's probably like fifty dollars a burger. And this is cooking <laughs> with the healthcare marketing underground <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the burger review. <laughs> don't have any. There you go. There's our title. <laughs> burger review podcast. Well, we probably have a few minutes left. Do we yeah, wanna, we should. Let's. Do you want to riff a little bit on uh, because you know we can't get away from these podcasts without talking about our favorite social media network. Is it really our favorite? I think it might be your favorite. <laughs> it's definitely Boyer's favorite, I think. I don't know. Since these, I've been on, we've talked about it every time. These so maybe fe- there is a problem. The new features that, 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 we could, that we're going to talk about here are actually push me further away from the social network. Real, uh, yes. Well, no doubt. Because they're <laughs> becoming more and more like Facebook, right? Well, well that they, and... Are they owned they, by Facebook? Yes. Right? Okay. They're, yes. They're adding in the features that made me want to... That made me pull right. away from it. And then that was things like the geolocation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily want the world to know... Where you're at. Well, the geo coordinates of where the, of the parks that my children play at. Well, let's get let's give an overview for people listening. Well, in. Uh, okay, because this came from the Washington Post um, the, uh, or article. the coordinates of my house. But I mean, it really came from the app that the app update that I did yesterday, which says you know Instagram can now let you see what's trending and also search for photos by your location. So they're introducing more and more things now into the Instagram platform sure. to make it more accessible for people to find things in different locations and different different places to buy hashtags. Is is the trending calculation done or algorithm based on your description and the hashtag, or is it actually? I assume so. It's Probably a combination not. of both. I mean, Instagram does capture where you took the picture from, and oftentimes when you're posting yeah, well, photos, know, you yeah. can actually tag the location. Right, you know. Well, it's, like I mean, everybody it's, usually it's just it's like automatically there, right? I mean, the geo right. isn't the geo coordinate part of the whole Instagram exactly experience. Exactly. What they did though before it was just you know it was a little bit harder to use. Um, well, you could search by in, by hashtags. Yeah, mm-hmm. searching by hashtags right. is kind of a common thing among social networks now. But now um, the ability to look search by location is kind of an interesting thing. Um, and that, yeah, that's, you know, you know yeah. this is this, this is not a new thing to social networks. I mean, you have right. you have Facebook's been doing it for years, right? right. Twitter Four, has been Foursquare is now. kind of what it was all Foursquare about. Foursquare Swarm, what it's evolved to. Um, even Snapchat, I don't use it, but I know people that do. And you can actually, it actually knows where you're taking your Snapchat from, and actually you can tag it by your location. Right. The a- application actually allows you to do that. Put right. a skin but, around it. But. Right, but the difference there is it Snapchat's all about an image that's gone, what, 10 seconds, 20 seconds right. later? Right. So you're not going to be able to search a database of Snapchat for geographic references. Right. So, so when you search by location, though, you're saying like, Anyone who's at like the Red Cow Minneapolis, for example, you're not talking you're another talking burger place, like, by the way. Specific coordinates, like well, that would I'm be on the street corner. Well, well, uh, or are you right. talking about like location? Well, that, I'm sure in that. Stuff. I mean, so I mean, yeah, I mean, it tags the Red Cow. I mean, I'm sure it's got geo coordinates associated, kind of behind the scenes, right? Um, but, but yeah, so if you, you yeah, so okay. if you tap the Red, if somebody tagged at Red Cow, you tapped Red Cow, it's going to show you mm-hmm. all the other pictures that people have taken for at Red Cow. 
and maybe even around it. I don't know. Does That's it, is it like why, neighborhood or just? Well, it it does it by you can do it a couple ways, right? It it, it knows what general location you're at. I should just open sort it of like. Look. Yeah, you can. Well, you have to upload it, uh, update no, it I've to see it. it. But um, it knows what general location you're at because it gets your geographic coordinates um, that it does tack against that. Right. You could also check in Aroma on your Facebook roast. post, or I'm sorry, on your Instagram post. Yeah. So what I mean by that is, you could. So I just, I just yeah. popped it open. So the very first picture there was from somebody I follow on Instagram who tagged his image from Aroma Coffee Roast, which uh-huh. is upstate New York, I believe. Mm-hmm. And there it is. So there's a pin dropped on the location, Shows and there are a number location. of photos that people have taken at the right. location. Right. Which is this is all by a protector. Which account, is by the way. good because that I mean for me that makes Foursquare or Foursquare <laughs> Instagram more like Foursquare in terms of what I would have used Foursquare mm-hmm. for before, mm-hmm. where I would have if I was looking into a place to see what it was like. Um, I would have gone there to see, you know, here's where the, here's the place I'm looking for. I want to see what it looks like inside, or I want to see what people's perceptions of this place are. Mm-hmm. Um, and this allows you to do that. So right. here I can see pictures of it. I can see what the drinks look like. Um, there's a naked lady. That's nice. Um, Whoa. On Instagram? Wow. I thought they had... She wasn't fully guidelines. naked. Oh, okay. Uh, somebody's gaming the system, try, attempting to game the system. Clearly. I see. I see. So there are already people that are trying to cause havoc. Well, that's going to happen no matter what. Yes. But I mean, I think from my perspective, there's there's two two major points why we bring this up. Not because it's cool, right? Because to some people it isn't cool. Some people mm-hmm. it's a little intrusive. I think that part of it is is we're noticing. I'm noticing a convergence through these social networks that they're all starting to do similar things, which is really trying to tag people into specific or general locations and really amp up the visual aspect of this Mm -hmm. so instagram has always been a place where you can do you know like photographs and a lot of times people have done it in more artistic formats and you know trying to be a little different not just like hey here's where i'm at that's more like snapchat but what we're seeing now is all of these kind of things are starting to work together Mm -hmm. the reason why is obviously for for instagram slash facebook it makes for advertising, better advertising. Now, if you think brands could start to participate in this and that now they could actually start to promote things to their, right, those right. people in those locations, right? Mm-hmm. So that coffee shop that you were talking about, Adam, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they could, they could actually sponsor an ability to own that feed on them and then, you know, maybe even turn that into some kind of like rewards thing like, mm-hmm. you know, Foursquare used to do where you check in and the mayors could get awards uh, and things like that. Yeah, which is a little <laughs> dreaded. It is a little... Uh, well, I mean, there is that. It I makes mean, there's sense, there's a necessity what, of that, right? Based you know, on how I use Instagram, I, I would dread that a little bit. Right. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's okay, and I think it's even potentially useful as long as it's kind of behind that wall. So if I click through, like in this case, to Aroma Coffee Roast, um, I wouldn't be offended to see like a little coupon from them or something that's like fifty cents off your cup True, of coffee. You Just show us this thing. Yeah. yeah. As long as you know, as long as it's there, it's not jamming up my feed. I mm-hmm. click through to it. Um, it's a useful thing to me if I was going to go there. It's like, oh, great. Well, that's actually could incentivize me to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think as long as it's, if it's done well, um, could potentially be a powerful tool and would not, you know, muddy up the experience of using Instagram. Sure. But the other thing, too, that, you know, that, that we're seeing with this, not only are the tools evolving to be more conducive to advertising, it really speaks to the fact that um, as, as communicators, as marketers in healthcare, 
and you know our industry and other industries they have to start looking at social media as a little bit of a different medium now right mm-hmm. because they, well they always have i mean social media has always been different than traditional or websites or things like that but really uh we it was brought up here before on this podcast the sense of paid media earned media and owned media mm-hmm. right and do you do you remember those conversations where oh, yeah. paid media is where you do your paid advertisement and we're ta- that's what we're talking about here right. owned media is where you actually create a message you put it out into the market it's like uh, thought leadership stuff it could Content be brand journalism stuff. things of those natures mm-hmm. you know uh, where a lot of PR work is done focused on owned media where they're actually putting out stories telling the narrative of what their organization is about right and then uh, earned media is where the media or outside third-party resources actually pay attention and they pick up your story they actually may even write stories about you mm-hmm. you know so that's like traditional media relations etc okay. really what we're seeing social media evolving into people are still using it as a way to you know to amplify so that's like the own uh, the owned media mm-hmm. they're using it as a way to, to also on the amplification that means trying to get people to pay attention so they can pick up stories and that's an earned media approach there's advertising now that's coming into yep. it but there's a, this other concept too called least media and that's a new kind of concept that marketers are talking about and mm-hmm. communicators are talking about and what least media is is basically the fact that these tools social media facebook instagram twitter whatever it is these you're really at the whims of the the or uh, the the uh you're Adam. Adam holds up my Instagram account and nods at one of my photos. <laughs> um, but um, it's funny. Again, we need a video camera here to show this. But um, but really, what we're really at the whims of the people that own these social networks to move it into the direction they want to move it into. Mm-hmm. We all believed, you know, at the beginning that these tools are there to kind of help facilitate communications and could be a really great adjunct to what we normally do for our communication perspective. But quite frankly, you know, Instagram is going to go this way because they're owned by Facebook and that's the way they're going to move. So we have to kind of live by their guidelines. Well, of course. I mean, it's it's a business. This is an extraordinarily expensive thing to do from a server capacity standpoint. They have to be able to make money at this. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Anybody who thinks that these tools and services can be out there for free mm-hmm. for them to use are living in a in a daydream because that's just not possible right all of these businesses all of the all of these startups that are free they're free because they've got a lot of venture capital backing them in most cases and they're free because they need to grow a massive audience as quickly as possible yeah, right. so that they're attractive to advertisers so that they can start to monetize the business um so you have to be aware of that and mindful of it i mean that's that's just how it works. I mean, if you want to use them and if you find value in them, then you just have to live with the with you know the trade off of you know whether it's a little bit of a loss of privacy or yeah. you know you, you know you're going to need to be marketed to. That's just that's how it's that's the way it's going to work. Do you think any of these um, companies would ever consider somewhat like you know Spotify or Pandora goes you know click for a monthly subscription and avoid all the ads? Um, I don't think we've really seen that in the Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat world. But I'd be wondering, is that just not profitable enough for them? Um, um, you know, I think we've seen it in places like like uh, Flickr. For example, yeah. but Flickr, you know, Instagram came along and ate Flickr's lunch. Flickr could have been Instagram. Flickr just was too slow to evolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's a good example of one that had the free tier, 
Um, and then a premium tier where you pay mm-hmm. and then you get, yeah, you get a lot more storage and there were some more features. Um, but Flickr is, you know, they're still around, but right. Kind of a, well, YouTube is going that route. They're going to introduce an ad free version by the end of the year that you can yep. pay for your subscription, you know, are to be they? part of that. Wow. What I think is interesting or what could be interesting is if these services offer sort of white label communities, right? Where let's say you've built, um, you know, like your Facebook group. Let's say you built your Instagram group, your organization has, you've built followings, you've built a community around that Mm -hmm. to really offer sort of a unique experience that then you can go in and you can actually start to tweak on and start to do a little bit development on. I think that would be the interesting uh, evolving of this. It could be a business revenue model for for organizations. I think in hospitals it would make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You know, could you imagine if a hospital could have a free social media platform that actually they could protect you know, hip, totally HIPAA agree. secure yeah. information. Yeah, the trick would be making it, it the integration component of it, you know, because people, I mean, we see it time and time again, people are not just going to just go to another, they're going to go to the places they go, right? Right. They're right. already going to Facebook, maybe they're going to Twitter, maybe they're using Instagram. Those are the places that are part of their habits day in and day out. That's, that's part of their routine. They're going to check there. Um, to think that people are just going to suddenly start to use you know, every everyone seems thinks it, you know wants to start this new little social network. It's like, oh great, this is going to be my walled garden where I can do what I want to, and everyone's going to come. Everyone's going to have a Facebook experience. It's like, no, really, they're probably not. It happens every once in a while, but it's like right. if you want to find success in that department, you need to figure out how to leverage the tools kind of within there communities and their environments where people are you need to go to people where they are yeah. and so the trick there is figuring out how do you create that kind of an experience within the places that they are that they are mm-hmm. that they're using so that they're there you're not expecting them to go do something mm-hmm. new because chances are they're probably not going to yeah that's true it's mm-hmm. an interesting challenge right yeah I mean you got to go where the audience is but somehow you got to get those audiences to kind of convert and come and be part of your community, be part of you. And maybe that ties into our first, our, the first story, right? About how do you get them to start experiencing your brand in such a way that when they go to these places, they can expect certain things, right? Mm-hmm. That they don't, yeah. they don't even have to think about it. It's just like, oh, there's a, a feed from Mayo Clinic in my in my uh, Facebook feed. Yep. I'm going to take a second to just look at that because usually I get good information from them. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Or I'm a part of some groups. Like there's a a small group on Facebook that's like specifically focused on um, the condition that my son has, which is really rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting right. to hear from, you know, this oh, sure. g- global group is only about 80 people actually because it's a rare condition. But it's interesting to hear their experiences and I go there t- to find that. And that's yeah. there, but it's, it's, it's within a place I'm already going. You know, I don't have to go somewhere else. It's right there. Right. Yeah, that's um, a good point. And that's the... It's convenient to you. It's in the tools that you use. Right. But you also have an expectation of what you're going to see when you get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't... If you go there and all of a sudden you start to get ads, you might not go there anymore. Yeah. Right. Well, it's Facebook. There's ads. I oh, expect yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're providing a service where, uh, you know, that probably wouldn't be easy or possible otherwise, mm-hmm. um, or at least not... Fe- not practically speaking mm-hmm. um that group i mean you can do little forums and stuff off in the middle of nowhere on the on the internet but how do people find it how do people stay on it how do people interact on it mm-hmm. um when it's another yet another place to go um, right. and that's the key and the trade-off in this case is that i have to see some ads and i'm fine with that mm-hmm. so yeah that's me well there you go all right well we're about 45 minutes in we're about point. 45 yeah. minutes yeah. it's going long okay we should cut it <laughs> we should cut it okay well i guess then we're gonna cut it adam um, the good good conversations I think we had all overall and um, there's more to come so I guess I will wrap it up then All for right. the uh, Healthcare Marketing Underground podcast for the week of July 26, 2019.
2015, not 2013. <laughs> um, I'm Chris Boyer. Uh, Adam Meyer. Dana Weymouth. Jackie Olson. All right. Bye. Later. <laughs>